That's right, Cube. It's Friday. It's the last work day of 2018 for a lot of people, yours truly included. And it's also the last time I'll check in with this new podcast endeavor of mine before next week, most certainly, but possibly before the calendar turns to 2019. I know what you're thinking, but John, you're just getting started. What about momentum? Why would you get in your own way like that? Is this another one of those times where you start something and give it up just like that? Answer no to all. I'm not stifling momentum or getting in my way, and I'm not giving anything up. For one, I don't know how you define momentum, but Anchor tells me that episode one was played 77 times, while episode two has been listened to by a grand total of 14, probably including me, so let's call it 13. At negative 63 or 4 on the momentum scale, what am I worried about? In other words, we're not quite projecting toward you don't have to have a job anymore land just yet. But I'm committed. Fear not. Two, over the long haul, the idea has always been to produce something new once or twice a week, certainly not every day. I know better than anyone that nobody needs to hear my shit every day. And finally, there's a little focus I need to apply elsewhere in the short term. No, I'm not talking about work. Let's get serious. I mean, I haven't packed for our upcoming Christmas jaunt to my hometown. And then, once we're there, it's all I can do to keep my head on straight. So I can press on and have the hap-hap happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. The Christmas-itis syndrome is in full effect in our house, and I imagine that to be widespread at this point. So today, on this greatest of Fridays that ever Fridayed, we'll talk about that, plus the godforsaken elf on the shelf, Christmas traditions in general, hometowns, New Year's Eve, and 2019. Well, there's no denying it now, it is absolutely Christmas time. I'm one of those people who makes fun of the other folks trying to deck the halls right after their last trick-or-treater has visited. Shout out to my good friend number two there, the queen bee of Christmas crazy. But on the eve of our annual cross-coast traverse, shit has gotten very real. There is no greater evidence that it's time to hunker down and endure the holly jolly than the emergence of an annual disease I like to call Christmasitis in my children. Symptoms include difficulty going to sleep, difficulty sleeping until an appropriate hour, difficulty responding to one's name being called, a significant uptick in overall emotion, a lack of desire to attend school outside of days when hot chocolate is being served, intense craving for downright terrible foodstuffs, and diarrhea. Not sure about the last one exactly, but I watch a lot of drug commercials, and they almost always seem to sneak it in, so better safe than sorry. Bedtime in our house can be a bit of an adventure, although from what I've gathered in talking to other parents of similarly aged kids, at least we have an established time and routine. The oldest likes to tell all of his day's stories just as he's getting down to sleep, and then, once you've exited, he'll just keep coming out for several, oh by the way, add-ons. During the holiday season, this gets dialed up a notch, as most things do, but lately we've enjoyed some greater success, thanks to Christmas-themed bribes. The littlest Jordan is quite the opposite story. He who rarely poses any problem with going to bed, but instead likes to make sure he's the first one up every day. After many years of 5 a.m. debuts and several failed attempts at regulating this habit, the rule of nothing before 7 a.m. is usually adhered to. We once bought this boy a stuffed owl which he would press upon waking up and if it was before the time we'd set in his gut full of alarm clock feature, would turn menacingly red and say something like, oh hell no boy, whereas after the designated time, a pleasant green light would shine and he could proceed with his plans. It didn't really work as intended. 
During the month of December, the rooster crows early again for Boy 2, in part because he digs searching for that damn elf, who I'll talk about more in a moment. And shortly thereafter, he'll make sure his brother joins him as they discuss the repositioning of our unwelcomed annual house guest, such as this morning, with the bastard laid out on a stretcher, having been mauled by several of Boy One's wrestling action figures the night before. But he's a sweet kid who respects the 7 a.m. rule more often than not these days, and one day I'll miss those 6.58 greetings in his high-pitched voice, the cuddle time that ensues shortly thereafter, and even the bleary-eyed walk into the living room where I discover television classics like Bunked, Beyblade, or this year's unlikely seasonal favorite, Nailed It, Holiday. Regarding that elf, though, as I've documented over the years, I hate the fucking thing. It started at first as something I thought I'd really be into. My mom bought the kids the book and the demon toy that comes with it, which carries the full title of The Elf on the Shelf, A Christmas Tradition, begging the question, who dares anoint something a tradition just like that? Seems awfully disrespectful to stalwarts like Santa, Rudolph, Frosty, and the like. And yet sort of reminds me, too, of UCF declaring itself last year's national champion in football. Hmm. Upon receiving this gift, my wife informed me that this, quote, would be your thing, end quote, that she was not going to be in charge of remembering to move it each night, any purported creativity therein, and I agreed without hesitation. Over the years, it's caused me grief to the extent of constantly lying to my kids, anxiety, even mid-sleep, because I'd forgotten to move it, and nearly cost me my life earlier this month when, after a few beers out with a friend, I was doing gymnastics up in the attic trying to find the fucking thing and have it ready for day one. Part of me strongly hopes this is the last year for Elfrey Dahmer in my home, and I thought we might be well on our way toward that, what with some strong questioning of the logic behind the tooth fairy on the part of Boy 2 earlier this year. But the other part of me always wards that feeling off, because man, are these kids ever growing up so fast. The old folks were right. It does all go so quickly. And now, damn it, I'm an old folk myself. So damn that so-called tradition, I say. But there are some great ones in my family that I look forward to every year. For one, the Jordan family Christmas Eve party has yielded such amazing Yuletide memories over the years as Grandma hit Uncle Charlie in the head with her purse when she found him watching a blank TV. Steve ran full speed into a parked car playing football. All the kids are home from college, now of age, and everyone is throwing up. Tom just tackled Uncle Pete. And, did you steal my socks? Those look like my socks. Beyond that, I really enjoy inappropriately positioning my parents' reindeer lawn ornaments and giving my dad the best the junk drawer, sometimes the trash can, and really whatever other nook and cranny locations in the house has to offer as stocking stuffers. He's routinely received items like his own wallet, already scratched off lottery tickets, loose change, and kitchen utensils, and every once in a while a special item will make its way in there through the magic of Christmas. One year, Santa left him a cocktail shrimp and a half-eaten meatball, for example, and a few times over, he's been given somebody's dirty underwear. We're a strange bunch. My dad has often asked me, where did you come from? To that, I remind him, the mailman. I am getting excited about our trek to my hometown of Melbourne Beach. I debated it heavily a time or two over the years, but we made the conscious effort not to live there after college for a multitude of reasons, and I'm happy with that. I do love the roots we've planted on the West Coast now, and I truly believe this will be our forever home, by and large. But there's something special about a hometown at Christmas time, and mine is no different. I like that so many old friends come together, although that's become a bit more fleeting in recent years. 
and I like the gathering at my parents' house to say hi to friends and family and remember those that aren't with us physically anymore. There's usually a toast for just that somewhere along the line. And while the party itself was a wild one every year for quite some time, it's gotten more tepid of late, if only because no good parent wants to wake up not feeling all that great as his kids enjoy their favorite morning of the year. Yes, I've done it. That's how I know. And no, I don't ever hope to be that guy again. The joy of Christmas on the face of one's children come Christmas morning is something to be remembered forever. At least until you catch them sneaking their ninth chocolate of the morning around 10 a.m. or so. There will be plenty of time for partying over the break outside of Christmas Eve and day. In fact, after a brief interlude back at work next week, the grown-up version of Dead Week, I'd argue, the missus and I are actually heading back to our old college stomping grounds in Tallahassee for a New Year's Eve wedding. I'm pretty sure this will be my first New Year's Eve in that town since we dodged the Y2K scare and welcomed in the year 2000. Well, most people did. I apparently tucked in early that night. With a large portion of the student population gone for the holidays, but I, ever the loyalist, committed to working at the bar I called home to for most of my college years, remained in town. New Year's Eve 1999 started early, too early, with cocktails, other illicit material, and Madden football in the late morning. A visit to our bar upon its early closing at 4 p.m., where additional illicit materials were passed around, and a party at a friend's house that night where, I'm told, at some point in the relatively early evening, I excused myself from a conversation, walked out of the packed house, ignoring all pleasantries sent my way, got into my car, and drove the few miles home. It is not at all lost on me that I should not have performed that last maneuver even all these years later. Eventually, I learned my lesson there. Fret not. No, I welcomed the new millennium not with my friends in raucous celebratory fashion, but instead by waking up alone in a four-bedroom house with all the lights on, the television tuned to MTV, and 17 voicemails on my phone, at least 12 of which being from my mother, who always calls to say Happy New Year and no doubt deduced that I was dead when I did not answer. After calling her back to assuage any lingering panic, I started taking inventory and realized I had all of my faculties, felt great, and then learned from friends of my early exit. What a concept. Early to bed, early to rise, and now I'm probably the only person in town without a bang and hangover, which is good since I'm due to run the bar for the bowl games all day long in about an hour. So I showered up, got dressed, went outside feeling great about myself, and then noticed that my car wasn't where it would normally be. Instead, I'd parked it about six inches outside of my bedroom window, halfway plowed into the hedge just in front, and narrowly missing a column that would have certainly taken down the whole front porch. But hey, no harm, no foul, right? Uber it, kids. As 2019 hits, I'm still waiting for hoverboards that don't blow up and actually hover, and flying cars, but I'm excited for a fresh start. This show is part of my many plans to get out from underneath the rather burdensome rock of office life at some point, and I do hope to accomplish that in relatively short order. So please keep listening and share as much as you can. I'll keep getting better at this and at life, because isn't that the best we can do? And eventually, I'm sure more than 17 people will listen regularly. If not, who cares? It's fun. Thanks for being here, and I wish one and all the happiest of holidays and great fortune in 2019 and beyond. Except that elf. Fuck him. Until next time, I'm Uncle JJ, and I hope you've enjoyed Super Mega Storytime.